Beginning the track, a 52-episode introduction to Star Trek. It's hard to listen to yourself. It is. Oh, it's incredibly hard. And I know all of my stupid little inflections and crap that I do. And mine too. And (laughs) how often I explain myself. And I know yours. Uh And I know that when you say certain things that I can wait until after you've said the thing. Oh, no. Then said the but... (laughs) <laughs> and then get that that's your actual point and, and make sure that that's the piece that we get. Yeah, that's fascinating. My mouth is running before my brain. And if I sound in any way good, it's your bless you for editing the way you do. <laughs> when it's scripted, it's easy. But we're not. But we don't. The only part of this entire show that we do that's scripted is the synopsis. So when I have listened to us, my favorite stuff is when we are talking with each other and one of us is like, oh, yeah. I didn't even think about this, but this. Those are my favorite moments. Right. I hope that other people get that too. I hope it's, hey, other people. Hi, other people. (laughs) Hi, other people. Welcome to Beginning the Track. This is just Jessica and I talking about Star Trek on Beginning the Track. Um, And you're along for the ride, which is awesome. Welcome, welcome. I am Andy Goldberg, the uh, Trek veteran. He has created this journey for me, who had never watched Star Trek before, but now I'm like almost a year into watching a lot of Star Trek. So I've got all kinds of opinions um, and no sense of completion because that's going to be another year in the making at least. Jessica Ray. (laughs) (laughs) And if you haven't listened, we're going to tell you what we tell everybody. uh, This is better from the beginning. Yep. Go back and start your, if if this is your first time here, head back to episode one from from our journey and start there because it, it built and it really builds on itself as we move into Enterprise. So we're going to be hitting a lot of old subjects coming into uh, coming into our completion here. So yeah, go back and start at the beginning. And this one was the Zindi, yes. which of course you cannot watch without watching the Expanse. So which you did go back and do that before, which I did, and I did not include it in any of the synopsis recap that I'd done. So I'm going to assume y'all have watched this and are prepared for the discussion to come. So, so this is episode 48 for us, uh, which is the Zindi from enterprise. And, uh, you, Jessica will be doing the 10 sentence synopsis. But before you do that, I wanted to mention, since it, it, we didn't plan it like this, but it did work out that on the day that this publishes, we are within a week of uh, the anniversary of the 9-11 attacks on America. And because The Expanse and this storyline is is clearly... It's very much a response to current events at the time because this came out. And we talk about this a little bit, how it gets militaristic and very interesting. So it's on our minds for this one. And I'm sure for the next one, as we go through the Zindi storyline, yeah, because it's clear that this is a long arc that is going to parallel in a lot of ways. And if you watch the expanse and you should have watched the expanse by now, if you did, then you know that it's basically a nine 11 style attack on earth. And that's where the Zindi episode really kind of kicks off is let's go find out who attacked us. So are you ready? To sp- I'm ready. To, to give your 10 sentences? Yes. Go for it. It's been a month and a half, and not much has happened in the Expanse for our crew. So if you were hoping for a big, explosive conclusion to the episode we didn't watch the Expanse, it's not happening. 
But we do get some new faces in the form of extra post-9-11 militaristic-style commandos, a.k.a. a squad of military assault commando operation soldiers, Makos, led by Major Hayes, who clearly makes Malcolm feel unnecessary. The crew learns of a Zindi working at a mining complex and set out to track him down. Once they reach the weird, steampunky-ish complex, Archer and Reed head down to the toxic mine to meet with the alien foreman. The foreman offers a severed finger that he claims belongs to the Zindi worker. In exchange for a meeting with the worker, the foreman demands some platinum, which we give him for the privilege of being taken hostage. (laughs) Back on board, Phlox analyzes the finger, and yes, it's Zindi, but, like, totally not Zindi, so apparently there's lots of types of Zindi. We learn about Trillium D, get rescued by the Makos, and get the coordinates of a homeworld from the Zindi guy who obviously doesn't survive. Also, Phlox pushes to Paul to get all massagey with Trip because it'll help him sleep. Yeah. Enterprise gets the coordinates only to find it's been all blown up. And we also get a scene with a bunch of Zindi being all bureaucratic about killing off humans. And that was the Zindi. So, an interesting start. <laughs> an interest- and, 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 you know, I've... I've watched most now of the third season in in preparation for the track and all that. And the story took on a very different meaning for me this time through. So uh, this was the start of it. And ooh, ooh, ooh. let's talk before we do all of the other stuff about the donate button. Yes. This is a lot of hard work. If you think it's been worth it to listen to this, we would love for you to help us keep it in the hosting costs a little bit and uh, being able to put all of this on. It's a lot of time and effort, and we would really appreciate your support. Yeah, we, we've loved putting it on, and, and it's, it's, been, it's been a joy for us. And it isn't free. It isn't... As much as we tried to use open source. <laughs> exactly. And we did it, we, we've done everything we can, but if we could just get a little bit of donation from some folks so that we can keep it up on the site, so that we can keep on sharing Star Trek. That's what this is all about. So on our website, we have a, a special donate button. What does that button look like, Jessica? Because you built Oh, it looks kind of like a standard PayPal. And if you go to it, it's owned by Clear Accounting Technologies. That's just because the PayPal that I use. (laughs) It'll come to us, I promise. And and both Andy and I really, really appreciate it. Yep, we'll be using that to uh, take care of the expenses of keeping this sucker running for us. So thank you so much, everybody. All right. All right. Now we now we talk track. Let's talk Zindi episode. The Zindi. The Zindi. Which is kind of cool because we'll get to later on when we talk about the Zindi, that it's both plural and singular. And I like that. Surely mm. somebody did that on purpose. They, they uh, uh, in the world of Enterprise, where they took a lot of chances, they decided to make this Big Bad, you know, this, this version of Big Bad, really interesting. And I'm curious what you think of the Zindi, all of them, all five of them. <laughs> So I watched the end of season two, the one that came okay, right good. before this, which uh, was, I don't remember the title of it. The Expanse. The Expanse. Right, right, right. Because And we see the attack, so I'm sure some of the recap will go over this, hopefully. <laughs> Actually, the recap, and I, I meant to mention this in the last episode, the recap is astonishingly good at catching you up if you didn't watch The Expanse. It does a really good job of kind of getting you right to the beginning. Well, and I've also watched some of the other season two as well. The show as a whole is getting better. I can see it. and mm-hmm. But The Expanse in particular had so much promise of where it was going to go. 
and I expected a lot of weird, a lot of amazing, I thought there was going to be some big, big battles, and this turned into kind of like a little bit action, and a lot of bureaucratic squabbling, even with their not humans, so I despise that. At best, it was a three out of five insect alien heads. Insectoids. In insectoids. Zindi insectoids. Okay, yes. got it. Like, I, it doesn't matter if they're human or not. I hate the bureaucratic boardroom scenes. I yeah. think they would have been better to play this as Archer doesn't know who the Zindi are. I don't know who the Zindi are. Don't show them to me. And the twist with the their homeworld is destroyed. So how the heck did they just destroy, you know, a giant swath of Florida all the way down to like wherever else was hit? We mostly focused on Florida, let's be honest, because Tripp's sister was there. And that's important. Well, that was we had to have an emotional connection. It could it could just be that we had that many people killed. We had to have some sort of connection to somebody as a, as an audience. So we got that through Tripp. I assume. I assume that's why they did that. I, that's why I would have written it like that. Right? Like, well, but they, it kind of fell a little flat. Like, yeah. Mostly. There were some really great things, and I, I'm really curious to see what they do in the future. But uh, there was so much prepared from the expanse, and then it was like. And, yes, we, we, meet one, we meet one Zindi. He's not that particularly Zindi. He certainly isn't going to be the guy that's going to come and destroy earth. Not that guy. Well, apparently nobody's coming to destroy earth because, because we've, we, we now have found this planet. So, so the serialization of enterprise is starting. Yes. And a lot of the third season is serialized so it starts and here. will will continue. So this sure. is just the start of that. And I think we might be running into the how one of the things I've noticed in this track is the incredible speed at which we tell stories now compared to like the pacing of the past and especially the pacing of the original series. Oh, yeah. It's Those so different. episodes are so slow right now. They actually show them walk out the doors and, and, and like do things. It's so, yeah. It's like oh my gosh and they you know they have time to say goodbye goodbye on the phone right we never show that unless something is immediately going to happen i don't want to see somebody opening the door yeah that's just the way storytelling has evolved for us the pacing is is way up and mm -hmm. the pacing of this was already a little suspect to me seemed a little slow that enterprises as, as a show seemed a little slow to me and the Zindi storyline actually is really cool, and we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to I'm going to recommend a, a Zindi episode for you to go watch that that won't interrupt the whole storyline. Boy, have I watched a lot of third season this week. There's three things going on with the inside of the Delphic Expanse. The first is we're on the Z the Zindi hunt. Mm -hmm. The second is we just need to learn how to survive out there. We're running into people we've never run into before who are doing stuff. Obviously, this mine that we discovered. We're going to have to deal with those kinds of things. And then the third thing, and we just got a hint of it, is with the weird stuff happening on the ship and the gravity and the... Right. The stuff that makes no sense, but sure, we'll accept it because sci-fi. Well, right. That's flying back and forth. So, so something's happening there that needs to be dealt with. And it involves something that we're going to find in the very next episode, which I'll ah. also recommend too. Uh, these spheres. So uh, we're going to discover the Good. sphere. So it's a much bigger story than just let's go find the Zindi. The Delphic Expanse story will 
kind of take us through those three components and they merge together into like the conclusion of the um, Temporal Cold War, which we talked about in episodes in the first and second season. Right. And I was hopeful that that was going to go somewhere. I was like, you can't just leave a Temporal Cold War alone. Like, what's going to happen? So the Zindi, because we were talking about that. Yes, yes. And I said they should be a mystery to everyone because having the bureaucratic council is silly. However, the fact that they discover that they're five different species and that the guy that we run into doesn't have scales and the one we caught has had scales. And, and so that get I thought that had a nice like kind of twist and obviously yeah. not a monoculture like we've seen from them before. Um, and then the guy who we're really... We're really going to have to learn. If we're going to be out here, Archer's going to have to learn how not to hand stuff over so that he can then become a slave. That's uh, He's going to have to get a little bit better. Maybe listening to Malcolm Reed, but <laughs> we'll get into that. Um, the guy who says there are five different species of Zindi yes. and five different perspective perspectives on who is the dominant species. Yes. I kind of loved that mm-hmm. because he didn't say, oh, this one is in charge the way we would say that. And clearly, if we were coming at them, not at war, but for like trade, mm-hmm. who do you trade with? Well, all five of them would say us. Every single one of them has its own perspective. And they all manage to squabble, but not declare themselves the leader. Even though clearly every single one of them think from this perspective, he's like every single one of these guys thinks they're the leader. Almost a United Nations kind of thing that they have going it's on there. It's like we could learn something from them. <laughs> and I thought that that was so interesting. And I really hope this is on purpose because I'm going to take it like it's on purpose. The same way I've said the Borg were a reflection of everything evil about the Federation. Okay. Even the Dominion. I didn't get too far into that, but you can see the reflection of like Cisco's super independent. Maybe this is more talking Trek. No, because this is the villains that are the Zindi. This is our opportunity to talk whatever you want to talk about Zindi. This is going to be that episode. So go for it. That they are going to be the reflection of the bad that the Federation that doesn't exist yet is going to become maybe or could become in much the same way that the board gave their reflection to Picard and the Dominion gave their reflection to Cisco and the Federation at that time. This is so pulpy and beautifully old school with the insect heads and even like the one upping and we're like, we're going to have whale people in right, here yeah. or whale aliens. That was so cool. I really hope that they keep doing that because the the production value is there's something to be said for I've been watching the animated series and you can do stuff with animation that you can't except now I'm seeing that they are doing that right and having like the whale people spe- it's that's super fun and so old sci-fi yeah yeah we only have three guys in makeup out of the five right and. They are five different Very, very different. They do have different opinions. And at some point, they might become a divided culture. I'm thinking of the five continents that have populations on Earth that are cultures in themselves. And then they create cultures inside of themselves, and they all have opinions on how the Earth should be run. I wonder how much they wanted to mimic those five. I get what you're saying. It's like the U.N., Ish. It feels very yeah, like like I mean they couldn't they couldn't bring in thirty six representatives from you know and put them all in makeup for every episode. That's not going to happen. But having a council of five was cool. 
I would have liked to have discovered it and not in like a bureaucratic chamber setting. I, I, yeah, let me put it a different way. Having five different species... Like, the idea is really cool. The execution was like... Malarha. You're right. The council was like, yes, oh my God. That I was like, can we not? Ugh, every time. I have access to a 4K TV. And boy, that uh, that bug mm-hmm. looks so vivid that it just it's it it looks so vivid that it can't possibly be real. It just it just strikes me as it felt very Farscape to me. Oh God, I loved Farscape too. It's just weird. They've got so much weird stuff with the aliens. But, but puppets. It's, it's beautiful. Oh, this is probably just me. I can't be the only one who's in love with like this old, crazy, let's imagine something completely out there and then make that what we put no, on screen. I think, I, of course. And, and I think that the idea of five different species all sharing a planet, all sentient and mm-hmm. sharing a planet, I think that's a great idea. You're right. The council. The execution, not so much. The idea, phenomenal. Exactly. And, and, and the execution will alter as we get smaller interactions. Uh, you're right. The, the five minutes of them arguing and getting, you know, lots and lots of subtitles for the aquatics and all them. It's just, ugh, please stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. But those guys will go out into the, into the world and they'll run their experiments and they'll do their things. And at, at one point they'll rub up against enterprise. And some of those characters will meet some of our crew and we'll figure out what happens next. There's lots of what happens next happening. And you can next. feel that as much as I didn't think this story had a full feeling uh, you can definitely, I, mm-hmm. I can see the possibilities of where it's going to go. So, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because this, this is the same feeling you had with um, the Andorian incident is it was an okay story and it got me to a really interesting point and then it stopped. They better go somewhere with this. Yeah. And, and it does. So if we're talking about some of the bad quote fingers things of this, we have to talk about this episode in relation to current events. Mm-hmm. Or even current events of the time. Okay. Because there's no getting around that. And the funny thing is, this is one of those things that I think is going to, I don't know about hold up, but can be talked about in a Star Trek point of view in the future. Because the original series had this too, where they were talking about Russians and the Cold War in the time that it's happening. There's no getting around the fact that the writers were post 9-11 and dealing with that in the way we all were, most especially in Archer, because I have watched a little bit more. It hasn't just been these two episodes. I've watched a bunch from the first season and a little bit from the second season now. And his, aw shucks, a little bit more fun loving, definitely like, I love my dog. Let's figure this out kind of vibe has turned totally grim. I am really glad that you got to see some of that early stuff because we're going through very fast. and Yeah, we we skipped two seasons. Archer has a lot. Of, well, yeah, that's, that's how we do 52 mm-hmm. uh, is we skip seasons of stuff. That's the nature of this. But, but Archer's character arc takes a severe turn with the, the, the weight of, literally the weight of the world is put upon this man. Yes. In no uncertain terms, he is the man responsible for saving us from a threat that we do not understand that's out in space that we've now rubbed up against. He's the man and he knows it. This 
whole third season is going to be that. I can't wait to get to recommendations. Come to recommendations later, later on. You got to stick around for the good stuff because this is all good stuff too. Anyway. <laughs> so it was a little bit painful to watch. And part of that I'm sure is my age. Like high school was 9-11. Yeah. For people who are older, it's not quite... I don't think as informative. It was something that happened that definitely shook the entire world. But I don't think it's kind of like the the things that define a generation are when they happened then. Vietnam defined a generation because it happened right when they were getting into college or being drafted. Yeah. This 9/11, I don't know anything post high school where America wasn't at war. We were at war for such a long time. And the divisiveness within America, and I definitely you know, have read about some of this stuff. I saw protests all over Europe. There was all kinds of divided stuff. But the culture that came out of post 9-11 was a very militaristic, we need to shoot them before they shoot us. Mm-hmm. And it took one incident, I'm talking about 9-11. Yes for the entire world to kill so much more that got old real quick. That that hate and that terror and the fear got old real quick. Seeing it represented in Star Trek is so painful. Mm. Watching Archer rhetorically questioned and essentially like psychologically beat up Malcolm Reed, that really kind of hit me. He's got kind of no defense. There's nothing in particular he can say. All he's wanting to do is be more thoughtful, you know, and and less angry. And Archer's not having it because he's so stressed out. It was actually very effective. But because of, like, my internal cultural shame of having had to watch all of that through, like, all of my 20s, essentially... Everybody who's watched the first season of 24 knows exactly what that was the theme of the time. And watching Star Trek go through the theme of the time, it hurts. Mm, interesting perspective. Do you feel that? You know, I, 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 I guess I'm not picking up on it the same way that you pick up on it. Because, number one, it's not new for me. Sure. So I'm not looking for it. Number two, when it was new for me, I was going through it, too. Right. Right. We, because I watched it. Right. We were all angry as Americans. We were like, how is this happening? Weeks after 9-11, I was, I was watching Enterprise. Right. And, and it took them two years, I think, to... It's almost like the, the attack and this whole Zindi storyline is Star Trek's opportunity to deal with it. I can see it. There are a lot of opinions amongst the Enterprise crewmen and women as to how to deal with it. There are a lot of opinions in... Starfleet and back on Earth and how to deal with it and how it should be dealt with. And as it turns out, there are differing opinions on how to deal with it in the Zindi Mm. Council as well. Even our, quote, fingers enemy. The one thing they know for sure is that in 400 years, they are going to be destroyed by us. And so they have come up with this idea, and that's what they know right now. Maybe what pushed this so far into that militaristic mindset were the uh, the the guys, the sniper guys, the the Makos. To what 
the Makos. The Makos, yeah. The, you're talking about the military force yes. run by run by Major Hayes. So a, a new addition in the third season are these... And welcome by Archer. Welcomed by Archer. Mm-hmm. Not welcomed by Malcolm Reed. And I'm sure we're going to see that friction. We've, we, we saw it in this episode. I had a whole thing for him, too, in my notes, because he is so kind of beautifully insecure and Malcolm maybe yeah it, it maybe it didn't need to be said so outright when he's uh when he's talking to like the the end of the scene where he has a disagreement with him and he's like okay I'm gonna be leading this but your guys will do it it's uh, and then he he has to look back and say that had nothing to to Paul he looks back and says that has nothing to do with what you think it had to do with and this has everything to do with him believing his people are better yes yeah might have been right yeah, you think? And if I hadn't seen some of the other episodes, like there's an episode where uh, they run into a Romulan thing and it gets stuck in his leg and uh, they have to, de- he has to deal with actually talking to Archer and Archer saves him and won't let him kill himself basically so that the crew can get away. He's like, no, this is what's going to happen. He has this need to prove his worth to the entire ship and especially to Archer. And it comes through uh, the line, with all due respect, sir, we should approach with caution. The freighter cra- captain was of questionable character. You know, these military guys aren't telling Archer this. He is. And of course, Archer doesn't listen the same way he doesn't listen to ever to T'Pol. And she's just like, maybe you should leave this alone. Archer's just a go-get-em. But- Archer is writing the book that Kirk is going to read. Yes, so. <laughs> very, very, very much. And I am I can see that being on purpose. Uh, but I thought that Reed was given a, just... A really some really nice character moments in this. It was still a little bit painful to watch because of the the military guys being mm. such an example of that time period's unchecked aggression that America had on the entire world. I feel like like Trip grabbing the Zindi and being like, "I'm going to punch you. I don't know who you are, but you're representative of everything I hate." Now that we have five races of Zindi. Sure. We've got we've got military. We've got hurt and and pissed off trip. We've got Archer with the weight of the world on him. We've got T'Pol stuck in the middle of all of this stuff. There's a lot of room for some juicy, juicy interactions and juicy story. There's a lot of ways that this this can go. It's almost like looking at a menu that's too big. Well, and the sad thing is that they decided to go kind of within this episode. I'm not talking about future episodes because I don't know. But Mm -hmm. within this episode, they decided to go kind of nowhere. Tripp's aggression is completely unchecked. Archer's uh, stress is completely unchecked. Malcolm's trepidation is completely unchecked. It's just and then they go into like a rescue scenario that kind of ends with nothing. I want to ask you this because here's the question, and I get I because I'm surprised you didn't bring this up, and then I'm gonna one mm. I'm the one that's gonna bring up this ridiculous leap of logic, is that Trip went with Archer once again. It and I get it. They're building the they're building the triangle again. It's gonna be Archer and Trip and Tupal, and that's the triangle they're building for this show. But why would you bring an engineer down to the mining facility? to interrogate a Zindi prisoner or a a Zindi worker. You would bring Malcolm. You would bring your security guy. Or at the very least, you might bring Hoshi if you could get her out of that chair. Right. (laughs) I'm so disappointed in her 
lack of development. I'm just, I'm looking for it. And, and it's not there. They did not give a crap about her. Yeah, wait till you see Mira Hoshi. Mira Hoshi's interesting. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Mira Hoshi is probably everything Hoshi should be. Um, hmm, we're, all, we're getting okay. there. Uh, but um, why, why not Malcolm? Why do you bring Trip with you? He had, there's nothing that he can provide except anger towards the guy you're going to be interrogating. Well, and that's really interesting. Uh, aside from the fact that they've clearly, from what I've seen in other episodes, Trip's just the guy you take. That's it. It's Archer and Trip. They're the bros. They're the ones that are going to happen. It's that's just the way it is on this show. Yeah. There's no thought even given to well, why would we put somebody else here? Because it's logical. It doesn't matter to these writers at all. And and, and the the issue that I have is that's just one more little tiny piece of illogic added into a show that you're asking me to take all kinds of logic leaps in anyway. Yeah. And now you're gonna you're gonna on a weekly basis tell me the engineer is the right guy to bring with you. Yeah. I've seen enough episodes that it just becomes a thing that those two we're gonna bring to Paul, we're not gonna listen to her very much. But the two of you are going to bro it up. Well, and they do. And and, 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 and sometimes it works really, really well, actually, because Trip can actually be he brings a little bit of sweetness and, and, and genuine fun oh. to some of the scenes yeah. that he does. There's a particular episode where they save uh, like a colony that's doing de- deuterium mining and he gets to befriend a little kid. And there's a very, there's very nice moments for trip like that. Yes. As much as he's the judgmental quick to anger, he's also the quick to friendship and, and, uh, kindness and going full in on that kind of vibe as well. Mm-hmm. So in some ways it works really well. In this, it I don't think it was purposeful. I think it was just the default at this point that they would bring him along. But yeah, he's going to bring nothing but egging Archer into some really dumb, dumb decisions. Really? You hand over an entire thing of, I don't even remember what that was, plutonium or whatever it's not. Uh, but platinum. You hand that over. Liquid platinum. So you're giving him money so that you can then be put down in the slavery. You're just, we're going to have to work on this. Yeah. It, 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 like, it, real bad. <laughs> there, there just seemed to be very little self-preservation instinct coming from Archer uh, and Trip. Because A whole they, lot of stress and anger. Yeah. So so they go and they, they make the deal, come bring us the platinum, blah, 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 blah. They leave. The minute they're gone, the guy's saying, okay, let's prepare, call the ships back. We're going we're gonna to attack them. And when these guys come back, just wait till I get my platinum and then we'll just lock them in there. And the moment that that door's locked, he says, take your time. And he locks the door. They're prisoners. They don't yeah. even know they're prisoners for the first like they don't five even minutes. Know it. They're so focused on interrogating this poor guy who knows nothing. Who knows nothing at all. So the grossest thing I think I've seen thus far is Tom Paris turning into a lizard, right? Um, yeah. I mean, we remember discussing that in Voyager. Probably, that's... I can now say that one of the most disgusting things, like this is on par, is this foreman. This actor is over the top. Yeah. Gross. Just nasty. And it fits in this world of, I've lived in this toxic kind of steampunky environment that he has to take i'm assuming that's oxygen and not like whatever he breathes or whatever he needs whatever he breathes and he just like picks at it it's so yeah gross it is actively disgusting to watch so very yeah, well that done on character that. is so well put together and so it, it, the costuming so disgusting the, the voice very believable and perfect just 
perfect Ugh. for who he was. Nasty. Yeah. Enterprise is really, really well done. Like, on the same way Bride of Chaotica was really, really well done, in the look of it, they fully embraced, like, early 2000s, we're gonna go all out and make this kind of pulpy, gross... I've never seen Star Trek swim through sewage. I want to talk about the sewage. That was disgusting. Really? This was such a gross... And now that I think about it, this was such a gross episode. Watch it in 4K. Yeah, no, thank you. If you watch it... No, if you watch it in 4K, it becomes quite obvious they're not walking through sewage. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like, oh. Aw, that kind of ruins it. It kind of ruined it for me. Yeah, it was like, okay, so they're basically walking through water with maybe like Rice Krispies like sprinkled on it and then <laughs> weird colored lights underneath it so you get like oranges and browns and stuff like that it's like Man, I'm looking you're at picking the it apart i know i well i had to because otherwise otherwise bleh. yeah that was the reaction that i had was bleh. which is exactly the reaction you're supposed to get you like you like it when trip had to go down to his knees just just pull that lever by your knees it's like Anyone have longer arms than me <laughs> want to take a shot at that? So, yeah. So, final thoughts? Oh, we got we there's still something we got to talk about. There's oh, a whole part of the what... show that we haven't even come close to addressing gonna... yet. Is this about the neuro pressure? Thank God. Trip is going to get some relief and get some sleep finally. I mean, I've been concerned about him. Haven't you been concerned about I've him? I've been so concerned that I think T'Pol should take off her shirt. That's, that is how concerned I am about Tripp's lack of sleep. I will write that down and send a note to the, uh, to the writers and see if they can provide. Hey, look at that. We had a scene just like I that. I bet they'll do it about every other episode. I'm sure that we can have some scene with her showing her body gratuitously, pseudo-sexually. It's desperately needed for all of the fans. His shirt comes <sighs> off, too. So there is that, uh, but they've upgraded now from the blue lighted decompression chamber with the lube that comes in the room to now doing our neuropressure thing with some nice falcon red background. You know what would have been maybe a little more effective and in line with the actual characters? Because there is no chemistry here. You can look at that screen and be actively like, what is happening? They don't like each other. He literally is like, I don't want to say yes to you. And she's literally like, what are you saying yes to you? Do you think I'm coming on to you? Why doesn't she just show him, I don't know, some meditation techniques a la Tuvok? If we're going to do a neuropressure thing, have we not invented mind melds yet that we could pretend have some kind of effect on uh, she can give him some kind of calm? We'll get into the mind meld thing later. We'll talk about that later because there's a thing there. It's so uncomfortable. It's it's a very strange way that they that these writers are trying to throw these two together without like just admitting that they're trying to throw them together. It's weird and like almost creepy. You know who's creepy about it is Flox, which bothers me because I've really enjoyed watching this character. Flox the pimp. Yes, like why would you turn the doctor into this? I, don't know. I get I even saw I saw the episode where he talks about his three wives and all of them have three husbands and that's really interesting. Isn't that great? It's cool. Did you see the episode where one of his wives comes aboard? No. There's a great episode where one of Flock and I wish to God I could remember it. There's a great episode where, where one of Flock's wives comes aboard and she develops a relationship with Trip, I think. <sighs> 
course she one does, because who else is going to be a sex symbol on this with show? One of the guys who really has a problem with it because she's married to Flox. But in her mind... Flox is all for it right. because they're polyamorous. Right. And she's like, she digs you. What the hell are you like rejecting her for? Right. Stop it. That's a really... Right. That's an interesting... That's I love this woman. That's my Yes. There, that's that, a very interesting... That you like and that she likes you. Right. And yes, here he acts like a weird kind of pseudo medical pimp it's yeah there's no again i get that i don't get it have and the funny thing was is in that same episode when he talks to archer he's telling archer because archer's angry about something but he's taking it out onto paul and phlox tells him you should probably address the sexual tension that you've got going on and he's just like well what do i do come on to her and he's like don't be ridiculous nothing good is going to come of that just recognize it and and sit with it it's weird that Flox doesn't give kind of the same advice here where you would think that he would be trying to help with the grief. If you're going to give advice like that, right? maybe the advice you should be giving should be dealing with the grief in trip, not pushing to Paul's boobs on screen. But that has nothing to do with the characters and everything to do with the fact that somebody making this show felt it was absolutely necessary to insult everybody who's watching it is that that's my opinion on it. I totally know that that's your opinion. Shocking. I know, but you know what? I am not alone in this opinion. You also think it's really uncomfortable. If it was within the characters, let me tell you how uncomfortable it is. That final, that, that final scene where they actually, from the moment that the door opens, uh, until it closes is three minutes and 48 seconds. That is a long time. And I felt so uncomfortable that I actually went back and did the math to find out how long it was and how much they made me sit through the uncomfortableness of, I don't want to, I don't want to, we're not, uh, he, this is really a lie. We're really here for this. We're going to keep our faces completely straight because this is not sexual, even though hot girl just took off her shirt and is sitting there. It's like, yeah. what? To what? treat this character, to treat the Four actors minutes. this way, it's just insulting. It's insulting to them. It's insulting to us. And what we're we're ultimately trying to do, I think, is create a romance. So Not the way to do it. it, it, This was one of the parts of Enterprise that had people scratching their head. That's an opinion you formed on your very own, but it matches a lot of people's. When there is an actual relationship that develops because the characters would get together, seeing Cisco. And the playfulness and joy that he had with, oh, I've completely forgotten. Cassidy Yates. She was also a captain. And the the little visits between. It worked. And you could see the joy in that relationship. Even with Tom Paris and Bilana. They got it going, yes. They got it, yes. This, keeping a straight face while, you said it. You've already said it. We already know it. It was a bad, bad call. I think we're good. Then to finish this off, I think I want to say what I'm hopeful for, because talked a lot about the whole 9-11 and the current at the time events going on. And by necessity, this is us dealing with what happened in the world. Yes. Because of the way this episode is handled and adding the Makos, that entire team, it can go in a really bad way. You could make this show something very not what is in my mind Star Trek, yeah. which is without hesitation, killing every Zindi you come across. Mm-hmm. And I don't see them doing that. And I'm really, really hopeful that what comes out of the Zindi storyline is we used an event 
that we could all relate to as a starting point that showed us how flawed snap generalizations and militaristic aggressive decisions are. And that could fit into the Star Trek philosophy and even lead to Federation creation. That is what I am very, very, very hopeful for. Because I don't see them keeping a Star Trek name on something that turns into, we're going to go out and shoot up the entire universe as we come across it. Or the entire expanse is just going to be us killing aliens. Yeah. That sucks. And not Star Trek. (laughs) Shocking how I have come to form these opinions about what is and is not Star Trek, isn't it? (laughs) Didn't take you that long, too. (laughs) (laughs) Just took me 48 weeks. Yeah, and now you have your own opinion. Fortunately, you've been guided well. I think you have a similar opinion to mine, so you may keep your opinion. Oh, thanks. That's okay. I'll I'll allow it. (laughs) The third season is a very long story about how we deal with the Zindi, how we learn about what's happening in the Expanse and all of that, and it deals with a lot of that. What it is not is a chance to turn this into a military go kill all the bad guys thing. It's not that at all. So I won't spoil what it is that comforts but i me. will tell you what you're describing we get a lot of that and it leads to a softer archer a softer humanity a more purposeful idea of what it is that we want you're right we're heading towards the creation of the federation there's no other way to do this that's where the history of star trek leads there you <laughs> we, go we kind of you have to make it that way because We eventually have Picard. Because we're driving right headlong into the history of Star Trek. We're heading right towards it. So you better... At warp five. (laughs) Well, it'll take a minute. (laughs) All right, let's talk some Trek. Okay, first off, when we refer to the Zindi, we now have five different things to refer to. Yes. So I'm going to need to be able to put this in some kind of understandable way. The primates look like us. The reptilians are the ones with the scales. The insectoids are the ones with the um, big giant bug eyes and they look like insects. Sure, they look like insects. The aquatics (laughs) are the ones in the tank. Aquatics. Aquatics. Okay. And the arboreals are the ones with the uh, the the lots of hair and stuff like that. The forehead makeup that we always must do in everything. Forehead and ears, sometimes noses. Exactly. So we end up with three people being played by humanoid characters and two that and two are CG. CG and and puppeteering and And we refer to them as Zindi dash primates, Zindi dash insectoids. Well, I don't usually say or not the Zindi part of it, you know. Most Star Trek fans that know Enterprise and you just say, so the reptilians, they'll know you're talking about the Zindi reptiles. All right. Yeah. See, this is just good Trekkie information. Mm -hmm. No, this is, hey, this is all part of this. This is our big Zindi episode where we're going to talk about the third season. We're going to watch another third season episode coming up here. But the third third season was, I kind of mentioned it there, but let me get in in depth. I mentioned it in episode, but let me get in depth with it. So it's three things. The first thing that it is, is how the heck do we survive in the expanse? We're going to run into creatures. We're going to run into problems. We're going to run into these anomalies. And so everything is taking way longer than we thought. We thought we were just going to go in there, blow up some bad guys and call it good. Exactly. Six weeks Mm. in the expanse and we haven't found anything that helps. Anything. So that's a problem. So just surviving the expanse. And and, um, I'm going to throw recommendations in 
as we do this. So a great, okay. a great Surviving the Expanse episode is the very next episode. It's called Anomaly. It's the second episode of the third season called Anomaly. And this is where we begin to realize that this section of space, the, remember that gravity stuff that was throwing yeah, those? Yeah, throwing cargo. <laughs> is there anything flammable or something dangerous in here? He's like, well, we probably would have known about it by now. Isn't it a great moment? Yeah, we should have mentioned <laughs> that's that a good episode, line, actually. that was I a good it. line. Well, that stuff starts happening more and more in the ship, and uh, we have to like learn to deal with it because it's a problem. And I'll, I'll right. even spoil this for you because you'll need to know this for what we have coming up, uh, that stuff that they were mining, that trellium D that the miners were mining mm-hmm. in this episode, that's what we'll need to so use. So we to, need that. We, we're going to have to put that up on our, on our, um, on the inside of our ship. Oh, or right. This is our, the foreman said it was insulation. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It's ship insulation, but we don't know what it's for yet. So in Anomaly, we'll start to learn about that. We'll also have to deal with a brand new threat and we will be introduced to a discovery inside of the expanse that might be more dangerous than the Zindi. <laughs> and those are a series of spheres. And we're going to find our first sphere, uh, some sort of artificial object that's out in the expanse that seems to have a lot of these anomalies around it and we will discover it in the first one so in an anomaly so good first episode a good episode to watch okay the the second thing is the spheres is learning about the spheres that's the second part of the third season and then the third is the zindi storyline impulse is the fifth episode of the third season In it, we receive an automated distress call from a Vulcan ship that's lost in the expanse, and we go to investigate. For those of you that are horror fans, this one's got a very horror kind of feel to it. Yeah, very kind of almost a zombie. I, I felt like there was a zombie horde kind of feel to the whole thing. Impulse is uh, more stuff about Trillium D and uh, some great character development and fun stuff for that. Lots of action. In impulse. There's lots of action in Enterprise, just in general. It's a ton of shoot 'em up y yeah. And that may or may not be the best thing for Enterprise, you know? I mean... Well, the show itself is clearly exploring how they handle style. Because The Next Generation, mm-hmm. the lighting, the stories, the actors, the pacing, it was consistent. I mean, you could just... Yes. You knew exactly... For half a second, all you have to do is get a snapshot, and you're like, oh, that's Next Generation. And Mm -hmm. the same thing, although DS9 grows, it has a style, and it sticks with that style 100%. The show doesn't have that, and maybe that's why people don't necessarily... I'm starting to get like a very pulpy, old thing coming from it i can see it but there's a whole lot of exploration in how they like the characters and treat the sets and uh i never really thought about that quite as much but it's very jarring to go from another show to this one and and the 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 exploration if you like it i guess it's a good thing and if you don't i guess it's not i think i think it's great because where you are right now is exactly where i want you to be (laughs) in terms of how you feel about the show because what we have coming up is is going to be three completely different styles okay show show for these last three episodes maybe i'll like one of them (laughs) <laughs> you're going to like more than one of them. Okay. I, I have I have absolute faith that these three are going to be like, oh, this is what Enterprise should have been all along because this is what Enterprise should have been all along. 
So let me tell you about a Zindi episode that I think would be a great one to watch. And it's way deep into the storyline, but it works. I watched this. You can actually watch this and get everything that you need to, to watch this episode just from watching the recap. Okay. And the recap teases without spoiling. They did a really good job with that recap too. So go ahead and watch the recap of this one. It's the 17th episode of the third season. It's an episode called Hatchery. Hmm, interesting. And and in this, we discover a crashed Zindi insectoid ship. Not surprising, given the name. And in that ship, we obviously discover some very precious cargo. Babies. I will leave it at mm-hmm. that, but this is a fascinating piece of character development for Archer. And it it shows a lot of the conflict between Malcolm Reed and Major Hayes and the Makos. Interesting, of course. Yeah. Yes. So Good. so this this episode just sort of worked out really nicely as a Zindi episode that I can recommend for you. That doesn't spoil the rest of the Zindi timeline because once you get into that story and you start knowing what the characters are up to and where they are, you got to watch it from the beginning. So those are my recommendations for the week. I've got a little bit more time now than we had a, a while ago, so I've been, I've been, as I said, I've been watching a lot, and I like it. Yeah, awesome. I do wish they handled women better. Just like it's so bad. I loved your comment about Q. Oh. I read your note. <laughs> yeah, you want to, you want to say the note. I don't know where this will fit. I don't know where this will fit into the the podcast, but if I don't, if we don't get this note onto the podcast somewhere, we've done a we've done a misservice. So here's what she wrote: She wrote, "I want Q to show up in the background of some scene with Archer, telling off his own people, roll his eyes, and say something like, oh, I'm going to put Picard on trial because of this crap.'" <laughs> I think that that would have been hilarious to have Delancey in just like the background of a scene and have him muttering, walking out the door. Like this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, just one. I'm that would fill me with such fan joy, which is silly. Do you remember what I used to think about Q? I completely remember what you used to think about Q. We're not done with Q yet. Of course not. Why would we? Picard's getting put on trial for this. <laughs> and, and, and you could do the same thing with Kirk. You could do the same kind of oh, thing with yeah. Kirk. Have him walk by after Kirk, you know, has one of his yeah. little things or, or kisses kisses an alien woman or something like that. And then he could just say, "Oh God, they're so not ready yeah. yet." And just walk out. I can't. This is funny because, like, you can't put anyone on trial except until you get to Picard because he doesn't, you don't have the true ideal. I'm going to get flack for saying this, but you don't have the true ideal captain until Picard. Well, let's put it this way we have the right captains at the right time. Mm. At the beginning, when we need to face the Zindi, we might have the right captain right now. Someone that's hot-headed, uh, impetuous, and willing to go out and, and and get the job done and maybe learn a few things about what we need to learn as humans so that we can form a federation. If he doesn't learn from this whole experience... Then it means nothing. It doesn't mean anything. Right. And then then I'm going to be really, really angry. If all of this happens and he... Ma- that's too real. I don't want my Star Trek to be that real. That's just too human to go through all of history, to go through all of the wars we've gone through, and still right now in 2018 be so divided and so angry and so aggressively militaristic. It's... W- <sighs> 
I can't, just, I can't it, have that in my Star Trek. Fear not, my dear, for Star Trek is continuing to be made and built and lots Yay. of fun stuff is growing. And, and my guess is if you're looking for a military version of Star Trek, soon there'll be one. And if you're looking for a, a learning version, an academy version, soon there'll be one. And who knows what's going to be. And if you're looking for some good old moral stories, you could probably turn to TNG for some of that. Just a little bit. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's go to mm. next week then, because boy, do I have the story for you. So, shall we talk next week? Yes. You expressed a desire for some morality in your Star Trek. Uh, I think we're going to need it. A little ethics, maybe a little morality. Um, perfect. What do you got for and me? This is the exact episode for you. I've got a great episode in mind that gets us back to old school Star Trek style ethics. Yes. And morals. I am going to like this. And guaranteed. great sci-fi story and everything. Yeah, I think you're going to love this episode. I really do. Okay. Some good old fashioned Star Trekiness. So the next episode on your track, the 49th if you can believe oh, it. We're so close. So close to the, to the end. end, I know. So the 49th episode from the third season, and I'm going to give you the name first, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit about it before you have to to do it. The, the, the 10th episode of the third season is called Similitude. Similitude. This one centers around Trip Tucker. Okay. In a very special and unusual way, but it also features Dr. Phlox. Okay. Very heavily. This is a morality play that plays out a real-world set of issues that's still relevant today. Ooh, interesting. So this doesn't have anything to do with the Zindi line or anything. This is probably just something we run into on Enterprise. Correct. Okay. This is a standalone episode that we have to deal with while we're out there in the, in the expanse. It's one of, those, one of those bumps that happens along the way. Ooh, okay. Well, given the title and the fact that it features Trip and the Doctor, I am going to say Trip ends up with a clone. Of some sort. Okay. And what do they do with another trip when they have to own up that he's another trip? And does it have a soul, this other trip? My guess is that the other trip is going to be uh, literally another trip and not like an evil version of trip. So do you kill him? Do you take him on board? Is our trip okay? Is the other trip okay with being a clone of another trip. Can we, I I think that this is going to deal with that. Hmm. Does a clone have a soul? I got it. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe? Pretty old Star Trek theme anyway. I am very much looking forward to you watching this and seeing what you guessed and seeing where the story really goes and all that. Oh, ah. Uh, you're this is good old-fashioned Star Trek. We're 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 into it now. We're into it now. All right. These guys have, have definitely remembered how to write Star Trek in this episode. Yay. Love it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, that's going to be happening. Right. When will you be? I'm going to get this You'll be right. tweeting this. September 9th, 2018, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Should I say that all over again? You can say all that all over again, but you, I, I think you actually said like the month, the day, the year, the, the day of the week. But I didn't say it very quickly. No. I'm going to be watching that this coming Sunday, which is September 9th, 2018, at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. I tweet. If you've listened to this before, you know that. So if you're on Twitter, at Begin the Trek. That goes on to our Facebook, at Beginning the Trek. Visit our website, beginningthetrek.com. 
you will see a little button there. And if you would like to support us, we would greatly appreciate that. We very much and would, I yes. think, share, subscribe, Please. send us notes. Like, share, if subscribe. You if, you ha- if you've made it to episode 48 and you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? That's craziness. Yeah. We want to hear from you. We want to talk some Star Trek with you because that's fun. Because <laughs> it's, it's getting good. It's getting good. All right. You have a fantastic time watching Similit- Similitude. Similitude. Mm-hmm. Similitude. Oh, see? You're getting very uh, Google Voice. Similitude. Yeah. Um, So you enjoy watching that, and I will enjoy watching that, and we will talk about that next week. Next week. All right. For our 49th episode. Now, if we're going to talk illogical, I don't know why when Klingons yell something that's slang Mm -hmm. or clearly, like, meant to be a four-letter word, why that's in Klingon. But in a system where you're telling somebody your address, it makes no sense that somebody would understand that. But that can totally be translated. Um... There's no... Star Trek? We let that one go. (laughs) Kind of our final battle cry. Uh, because Star Trek? (laughs) There are some things that you just... Because Star Trek... Thank you.